Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast, post Big Ten Championships edition. We are uh, we're gonna we're gonna do things a little bit differently the next couple weeks. I know you guys have some travel coming up next week that will alter our our plan for next week a little bit. We wanted to to get on the record today um, before NCAA brackets come out, so we can we can really focus on last week's results um, out at Penn State for Big Ten Championships and. And then we'll come at you early next week with uh, with a deep dive into NCAA preview and, and brackets and all of that sort. So, guys, uh, welcome back from from the, the mountains of central Pennsylvania. I, I, I probably just butchered that geography, and I apologize to all of our listeners in Pennsylvania. But uh, 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 we took a plane. In. We could have landed on the moon, and we wouldn't have known any difference, Corey. We, we we took a plane in. We stayed in. What, you know the happy valley for a few days and, and, and we got out so, and that was um, it and, and, so and the had geography a, is kind of irrelevant had a purdue pilot coming home i i was happy to see that that's that's always great to to keep it in the family so to speak but uh uh coach uh, you know off the top just uh you know overall thoughts on 2021 big 10 championships yeah i mean um you know, I would say just from a, a Big Ten championship, um, irrespective of how Purdue did, successful in terms of, man, we had one, right? Like, think yeah. about how long ago we weren't even sure if we'd have a season and there were starts and stops and pauses. And, and we've talked about the fact that we were only three teams, I think, to get all of our duels in. So the fact that we had uh, 14 teams together in one building, uh, not a single positive, at least of an athlete that I'm aware of, right? Like, everybody – made it in the bracket and continued to wrestle over the course of the two days. So from just the, the standpoint of we had the event, um, we got through her and we now have qualifiers is, is a big deal. And um, just very appreciate, appreciative of, of the Big Ten and Purdue and, and all of the schools that, that helped make this happen. So, you know, successful uh, definitely in terms of, of, you know, that criteria alone, right, in the middle of a pandemic. So that's a big deal. Um, and then, you know, if you just look at how we did as a team, I know we'll discuss kind of, you know, how we balance it out maybe in, in a little bit, but, you know, some solid things happened for us this weekend. Um, you know, I mentioned in the past, it's a qualifier, right? And you look at it first, your first job is to qualify for the NCAA championships and, you know, uh, having eight guys go uh, again, something that we've done. Yes, I would love to have nine or 10, right? You would love to have more. Uh, I, you know, I'm greedy. Uh, when it comes to that stuff, but eight, eight is a good number. You know, when I look at this team and where we were at, um, you know, that there's some, some great things there, some history made uh, some freshmen, some true freshmen, right. Who are going to be freshmen next year again for us did some, some tremendous things. So there's some his history there as well. And so, uh, you know, yeah, there's some points that I'd love to have back some matches that would have maybe moved us up a place or two, but but overall, uh, I think it was a solid effort and a solid weekend by our guys in the Big Ten Championships. A little perspective and a little little, little history for everybody kind of listening or, or watching. Um, Boilermakers finished sixth at the Big Ten Championships. We scored uh, 76 points. Um, we were a point and a half behind Minnesota. Minnesota passed us with the heavyweight championship match. Gable Stevenson went out and got a major decision and, and threw five, five team points on the board to to slip past us. So we were in fifth right up into the end. Um, it is the first time since 2003 and 2004 that the Boilermakers finished top six in back-to-back -back seasons. Um, 
our eight national qualifiers uh, matches the most in program history for the third straight year. Yep. For the fourth time under uh, Santa Claus down there. <laughs> and um, I can't give you too much credit. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to pump you up and like make you sound great. But at the same time, I got to keep you humble. So yeah, that's, no. you know, there's a little give and take there, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so six times in program history, we've sent eight to nationals and, uh, and four of them are in the last seven years. So I think that speaks volumes about the direction of the program and, and, and what we're doing here on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, especially since I came back into the program, that that was a huge stepping stone for, mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, <laughs> Just keep I going, man. We're not going to stop you. So okay. okay. Just okay. Go go. It's fine. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's kind of the long and short of the history as far as what we did. Um, you know, I think there's, there's no way better to kind of start into Big Tens than uh, with, with our man Devin Schroeder. Yeah. Um, Devin made the finals again. He's the first back-to-back finalist for Purdue since Ryan Lang in 03 and 04. Um, and, uh, he did it the hard way, you know, came in as the seventh seed and Mm -hmm. had to, had to pick some guys off on the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we felt very good. I will say this. So even though he was the seven, you know, and had got off to a slower start, maybe this year, you know what I mean? Um, we knew where he was sitting in the bracket. He was looking good. He had some guys he was very familiar with, had good career records against as well. And you knew he was trending, you know, in the right way as you're watching his wrestling, not only in competition, but in practice, knew he was kind of trending in the right way. And I just think he seemed to be in a really good space emotionally as well, you know, from a focus standpoint, from being happy and, and wanting to approach it, you know, in a, in a positive positive manner so I think we went in expecting honestly that was my expectations for him I'm sure he did too we expected him to be there okay and and so you know um this is definitely a tournament he can build on and that he should learn from you know um he's he's got to do a better job in the finals and I know he had a very tough opponent um but we he had a good game plan and he executed fairly well early right scoring the takedown on Spencer Lee who not been taken down in a while, but, you know, we, we let it get away from us after that with a couple of, uh, you know, uh, near on far leg or fireman carry situations where we gave up near fall and then the match really got away from us there. So when we talk about two sides of the coin, you know, there's mean some positive history and things there. You know, I think, you know, a, um, there's a lot of positives for, for Devin to take away. He's wrestling at a high level. His confidence should be, should be where it needs to be. Um, but then B, he, he still sees like, hey, if I execute in the right way, I can score and I, and I can uh, create situations for myself that are positive. But on the, on the same hand, if I don't, right, if I get away from the game plan and I give up certain positions or certain ties, it can go away just as fast. And so that's why I hope he and every guy in our team understands is that you have to be very disciplined and consistent in, in your execution of the match plan. You know, and so a lot of positives for D. Yeah, nothing but positive, and he should be. He has every right to be very confident, but you know, he's got to understand that I've got to execute. You know, I've got to I've got to hold to my game plan and not kind of get pulled out of it and, and let it get away from me like that. Um, 
you know, you spoke to the fact that, that, you know, Devin got Spencer, you know, got that first takedown against Spencer Lee. Um, I did a little bit of historical research there, not a ton. Um, now he did give up a takedown to Ragason in the quarters. There you go. Mid- so he got him first. However, um, in uh, an unofficial capacity, um, Iowa's SID, uh, we're pretty sure the last time Lee had been taken down was the 2019 Big Ten Finals against Sebastian Rivera. Um, so, uh, you know, hats off to, uh, Mr. Ragson and, uh, and, um, and, and Detroit, uh, for that move. And honestly, um, you know, Tony, I, I'm curious to hear your opinion. Uh, you know, Devin got that takedown and he had Lee in a great position before they blew the whistle for blood time. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, you think about, you know, Devin is, is uh, very similar to Lee in terms of he wants to be on top, right. And he was able to put himself on top. And we just didn't get a chance to uh, to really go get something, you know, for a turn in terms of a cross wrist or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a rebar or something like that. So, yeah, disappointing. But, again, those things are going to happen, right? Sure. And so then it's on you to go back and execute again in the same way. And that's where, like I said, we, you know, we, we got out of the game plan a little bit the next time we went to our feet. So, um those are the situations that we will be working on uh, incredibly hard for the next week as we prepare for the NCAA tournament. Um, you alluded to the freshmen, so let's let's move there too as well. Um, two true fret. Well, we actually had three true freshmen in the lineup at Big Tens. Um, I have no idea the last time that ever happened. Um, but uh, you know, two of those three. Uh, earned automatic qualifiers to the national championships, 133 pounder, Jake Rundell uh, finished sixth at 133. Um, and uh, freshman Garrett Ninehouse went out and got fifth at 165. Um, by my quick glance at the record book, first time we've ever had two true freshmen qualify for nationals um, and, and place at, and place at big tens. Um, and, uh, you know, they both, uh, they both came ready to go. You know, they had very different situations. Um, they were both kind of in, they were both in that eight, nine slot to start things. Um, but, uh, wrestled good tournaments and had good results. And, uh, and as a result, get to continue their season. Yeah. I, you know, by and large, they, uh, they looked really good in terms of their composure and their focus while they were out there. Okay. Um, you know, the stage is definitely not too big for those two. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they've wrestled on that kind of a stage probably most of their life at national tournaments, their age groups or whatever. And, and I think they both enjoy that, you know, they both enjoy the limelight and being out there and competing. And that's a big thing, you know, not everybody wants to be out there with the spotlight on them, right? That's not something everybody in this world enjoys. And I think they, uh, they, they looked like they, they handled themselves very well. Um, yes, there's a few things, right. That I want, I want back. There always is, you know, Jake Rundell and his placing match, you know, he's up one with, you know, 20 seconds, maybe a little less even, and you know, the guy's got to shoot, you know, he's got to come and we, we kind of our hands reaching instead of hands down in the mat and getting our head in the way and putting ourselves in a front headlock. And, and there's a situation we can run the clock out. Right. And Jake's very good from a front head. So those little things, right? Handling that at the end is kind of what I'm talking about as we, you know, we're, we discuss two sides of the coin here, right? Solid stuff. Uh, true freshman 
top six, right? Good, generally a good performance going to nationals has a, has a real chance to do something, but in order to get your ultimate goal, what you want, you got to clean up those situations. And that's one that comes to mind when I think about Jake, you know, um, but, but in general, right. Wrestled very hard effort was great. Um, you know, the way he went about his business on the weekend was great. You know, just was happy and pleased with him overall, but we got to clean up a few situational aspects of how he competed. Um, Garrett, you know, another, you know, another guy where, um, and I think, you know, it's interesting because Willie talked about this last week that sometimes you go into the end of the year tournaments and these true freshmen are really, they get on a roll because, you know, during the year you're learning and, and, and this year has been no exception, maybe even more so because you didn't get as much time because of the pandemic or breaks and practices and things. And so, you know, you see some of these, these young guys and especially Garrett where he's really hitting his stride and he loves, you know, that kind of big moment in the end of the year where everything that he wants is kind of there in front of him. And so he's a pretty excited, you know, he's excited about it. And so I think you saw him kind of perk up a little bit and even wrestle at a little, little higher level, made some of things go his way. And if you notice, he, uh, he even kind of opened the gap up between him and some other guys where, you know, he had Tucker first round. We'd lost one point match to Tucker. Well, he beats him. He gets the takedown and beats him in the opening round. So he flips that around, but he sees him again for fifth and sixth. And we had him on his back at the end and, and he even opened the gap wider. So I think he's starting to understand that it doesn't have to be close that, you know, if he goes out and, and wrestles his match and makes a guy wrestle his match, that, that there's a lot of points out there, no matter how, how good they are, the number next to their name or those things. So yeah, great weekend for, for both of those guys, but still lots of room to improve. And I think you'll see another jump from those guys. Corey, you, um, you have uh, very quickly become a big Garrett Ninehouse fan. Yeah, I, I have. He's so he's fun to watch. He he I love how he strings moves together. Um, I love how confident he is, you know, and, and he, when he locked up that cradle on Joe Lee, uh, uh, holy cow. Like that was just that was it was a really good match until that point. It was a little back and forth and then it was over. And, and, and he has that capability to be a closer like that. He can, you know, he can he can get something and, and, and string something together. And then the next thing, you know, he's got you in a, a pinning combination and like you're yep. done. It, it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch him. And, and I can't wait to see the next two or three, four years of, of Garrett Ninehouse. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a dangerous guy, right? I mean, you know, he can scramble a little bit. He's got some positions that, uh, you know, some guys aren't as strong in, you know, mm -hmm. he's very comfortable. <clears throat> so I do. I think he's, he's a dangerous guy. Probably the, the thing for him will be to, you know, work on some of the hand fighting and positional aspects of his game here for the next week. And we watched his match. He was in yesterday watching film and, and uh, he had watched his match against, you know, um, against the bull, you know, Marinelli. Yep. And just a very strong positional kid where, you know, the, the look and what uh, Marinelli is trying to do to you with the post to the high C, you know, isn't going to change. So you've got to make sure, again, when we talk about like Devin and you're wrestling a, a guy like, you know, Marinelli, it's, it's controlling the hands and staying inside with your hand fighting and some of those things. And if you get away from it or get lazy with it, even for a second, you know, he's going to capitalize and attack and now he's on your legs. So, you know, 
again, I think a lot of excitement and a lot to be, you know, um, upbeat about, right. Hopeful for in terms of what his national championships can be. He's just got to take care of a few little positional aspects, you know, for, for him to kind of stay out of some dicey situations this weekend. Well, another thing that I love is you look at a lot of the national rankings. I mean, we've all seen how good he can be. Uh, A lot of folks outside of this, of this region and, and, and this area are still sleeping on him. Uh, you know, he is, he is, to my mind, nowhere near where he should be or where he could be. So, yeah, it's going to – he could still sneak up on some folks next week. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a good general, uh, you know, kind of point going into Nationals with everybody or very few people competing, you know, uh, out of conference. You know, some mm-hmm. few did. But, you know, that Big Ten certainly didn't. And so we've been beating up on each other. And we'll have to do that to get on the podium, you know, as well at the NCAA championships. But, you know, some of those early rounds, it'll be nice just to see some different faces that aren't as aware or haven't felt Garrett or Devin or, or mm-hmm. any bringing, you know, to the national championships. Because, you know, our guys, they're wrestling hard and they're physical and they'll compete the whole time. You know, by and large, we're just talking about working on some of these positional details or, or match plan things. Yeah. Uh, a couple of fun notes about Garrett, you know, especially, like I said, you know, being a true, you know, being a true freshman, uh, leading the team in falls this year. Um, I believe the pin with Joe Lee was his third of the season. So he's, uh, you know, a threat for bonus points, which is always a good thing. And uh, and then he leads the team significantly by, by a wide margin in reversals. I think yeah. he's got... I think he's got nine reversals. If he's had one in all but like four matches this year. Does he really? Yeah, he. Um, That's a ton of reversals for. Uh, I mean, only having what's he got? Fourteen matches, maybe. Give or take. Yeah. Wow. So, pretty. He's uh, never looking for one. He's always looking for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a bad thing, especially when you're good on top. You know, especially when yep. you're you know, you're a threat. You're a threat to pin somebody. You know, working those bars and cradles. So. Um, pretty cool, cool notes from him. Um, you know, we had two other guys get, to, get to fifth place. Uh, Parker Phileas got fifth at 141. Kendall Coleman got fifth at 157. Um, a really good tournament from Parker Phileas. Yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of waiting for you to bring his name up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very excited about, I mean, a lot, obviously, listen, a lot of our guys did their best wrestling this weekend, which is always, you know, what you, you're trying to do, right? That's the intentional part. You're trying to peak for Big Tens and Nationals. So that's that's part of the plan. But I, I thought, you know, Parker had had a very strong performance, minus one match. He had one match that I thought he let get away from him uh, a little bit. But I'll tell you, um, the way he kind of got after uh, Duncan, okay, was his first match back. If people remember that far back, he didn't get a Russell Northwestern. Yep. He came out against Duncan against Illinois second duel of the year and really tried to shake the rust off. Right. And it did. He was rusty. You know, he got, he got beat uh, soundly in that match. And I'll tell you, he took, he took Duncan down five times. Uh, Who's a, who's a top 15 kid, right? Like he's, you know, that's a round of 12 kid. A lot of people had pointed out earlier and, and, and Parker, you know, we talk about executing kind of a match plan or a game plan and, Duncan's one where if you hang on to your ties, he'll shuck or two on one and then it'll disappear to a leg or something. And it was a lot of touch and go stuff, right? A lot of low double legs from the open. And, you know, that that was a very strong performance by him. And and again, another guy who, you know, I think feels very good about their wrestling and where it's at uh, as they go to nationals. But yeah, um, 
Parker did a, did a nice job this this weekend. Yeah, that uh that match against Dylan Duncan, um, I was in a weird I was in a weird spot at Big Tens. I couldn't see all the mats great, um, because I was pretty low, um, but in but you know and and I believe we actually had two matches going on at the same time. With he was wrestling Duncan on one end, and we had somebody wrestling on the other end, and so my attention was kind of all over the place. I kept looking down, and I kept seeing Parker score takedowns, <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> You know, I, I keep looking down there, and he's just, like you said, just firing away. And he's, I mean, just, he was yep. doing whatever he wanted. And to to watch that first match of the year and then watch this that match, um, not the same kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's come, he's come a long ways in, in a couple months. You know, just like a lot of guys. He's not the only one, but, uh, but definitely from where he was that first duel of the year against Duncan – to where he was on uh, on Saturday night, um, you know, was was, uh, was fun to watch. And it's, you know, it, it's not to be forgotten. He was red hot coming, you know, coming into Big Tens. You know, his last two matches of the year, he went out and got bonus points. Um, you know, and the one against IU looks even better now that that Caden Rooks got into the field. Yeah, Rooks um, good this weekend. You know, he he's out there and he's he's putting up some points against some sound people, you know. Um, his two losses at the Big Tens came to, I mean, two guys who, <laughs> who were pretty good. You know, they're all right. Jaden Ironman and, and yeah. Sebastian Rivera. See you know, they, uh, they're not bad. So um, he, um, I'll be interested to see where he ends up in the bracket at Nationals and, and what kind of noise he's able to make uh, going mm-hmm. through at 141. Yeah, I will say this. This applies to everyone this year. Um, I know the selection committee – well, is probably going to feel differently, right? They probably looked at records, but uh, you know, this is a year where you throw the records out, you know, like you really do. Um, especially when you're wrestling an all big 10 schedule, you know, it's mm-hmm. who knows who you've seen. You may, you may be three and five on the year, but you saw five guys, you know, that are all ranked top 10, top 12. I mean, you talked about Rivera. I mean, he wrestled Ironman who's won. He wrestled Rivera who has been one, you know, those are the kind of, he's wrestling multiple times a year and that's no different for a lot of guys in the big 10. So this truly is a year where, man, you don't look at a record and, and, and say, well, this is the kind of year he had or the kind of kid he is for anybody. You know, I'm not looking at anybody uh, going in the national tournament. This kid could be 12 and three and maybe he wrestled, you know, uh, eight extra matches against the backups from other teams, you know, to have a record. So I don't think there's any indication on, on the kind of competitor or the kind of uh, um, foe you're going to face this year. Well, and I okay. want to come back to this. I don't want to jump into this now, but, um, you know, you say that, Tony, but at the same time, um, there were a lot of guys who got left home, like really, really good wrestlers who got left home because they had bad records. And yep. so let's, let's circle back to that for sure. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it's, it's an interesting year for the NCAA tournament. 100%. Um, swinging back to Kendall Coleman. He also took fifth, um, beat Brady Berge, uh, from Penn state, who was the five seed, got a nice win there. Um, and then took a forfeit from him in the fifth place match. Um, went out and got some bonus points, yep. um, in a couple matches. Um, you know, just a, a solid overall performance from Kendall, not what we hoped for, but, but definitely nothing yeah. to, to be upset about. No, I think, you know, Kendall, um, I'm sure Kendall's disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed, not just in terms of, you know, um, 
we expected him to be higher. He expected to be higher. So I'm sure there's a bad taste in our mouths, you know, in his mouth. Right. Um, so, so there's that bad taste, but, um, not for lack of effort in terms of, you know, let's take the soldate, you know, loss in the yeah. semis. He was on the leg, um, you know, five times. I, I think I had to go back and look like several times, but on singles and on the edge of the mat and didn't quite get the, get the uh, finish that he needed, right? Like one takedown probably wins the match for him. Soldate was not attacking and we, we wanted him to come after us as well. And so he got frustrated very late in the third took a poor shot and just got way out of position. You know, then I think that frustration, um, you know, got him right. It, it got him. So he needs to learn from that. No matter how you end up in these situations, uh, you know, you're there now and you got the, the situation requires a certain approach or a certain execution. And he got away from that. I think the frustration ate him up and he made a bad decision trying to make something happen and, and it cost him. Right. And so, right. so that might, you know, my thing with Kendall is he's got to learn from that. And, and honestly, I'm glad it happened here at big 10. So we can, we can watch it we can work on it and, and have a, a better, uh, you know, mental approach, um, you know, as we finish tough matches out in the future. Um, three more place winners at big tens, um, all, uh, all seventh place guys. Uh, they did a really good job. Those were three key team points that we really needed. Uh, mm -hmm. Coming down the stretch, uh, Griffin Perry, it took seventh at 149. Max Lyon got seventh at 84. And Thomas Panola got seventh at 197. Yeah. Um, proud of those guys, how they finished. Your, your back's to the wall a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, they had qualified except for Thomas. You know, everybody knew at that nope. point. No, Griffin, Griffin needed the win. Griffin needed oh, you're right. Win. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're right. So he had yeah. – and so you look at Griffin, like he's, he's got a win to go and he's got the 12th ranked guy in the country. And yeah, yeah. Yaya Thomas is no slouch. <laughs> yeah. But Yaya has been around, yeah, as you said, he's been around a long time. He's, you know, he's a top 12 ranked kid. That's a kid you're going to see probably in, in later rounds at NCAAs as well. Right. So, um, you know, just, just proud that, that he battled. Uh, again, there's execution things that we're going to keep talking about. And I know everybody's like, Ursuline quit talking about execution of match situations. That's, you can tell where I'm stuck at as a coach. So you get so many comments that say that. Let me tell you. But he battled hard, and he went and he found himself a way to win. So we're, we'll go find a way to score, you know, and get up, you know, sooner in the match and, and, and create those opportunities. But he battled hard. Same thing with Max Lyon. You know, he had a guy like Owen Webster who was the four seed, and again ranked very high, right, going in top and, ten. You know, so you know just. Really happy. Max turned around two matches that he had lost. And we've said before, Max does his best wrestling at the end of the year. And again, he did. Um, you know, he, he turned around the Rocky Jordan loss from the regular season and he turned around the old Webster loss earlier. So there's another guy when you talk about how are you trending, yep. Max should feel very, very good and very confident uh, in his wrestling and, and where he's going. I'm I was really, really nervous for Max in that Rocky Jordan loss. I thought that was a bad matchup to uh, to start off the tournament, and he he came on delivered. He uh, man, he followed the game plan to a T. I know, I know, Urs had a very specific set of instructions for Max, and uh, Max went out and got it done. It was it was uh, it was a nice sign of of maturity to uh, to go out there and know exactly what he needed to do and to do it. Um, yep. You know, Max. 
I'm really curious to see where Max ends up at nationals as a seed. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, the, the primary thing that the NCAA is supposed to value is quality wins and Max has got a boatload of them. Yep. And so uh, it'll be, you know, he finished the seventh at big tens, but you look how deep 184 is in the big 10. So I'll be, uh, I'll be interested to see where he ends up on the seed line. Yep. No, it's going to, it's going to be very interesting. And again, you know, in a shortened season against only conference competition, I don't know. I truly don't know how the committee is going to look at it. So that's what makes it, you know, less certain, you know, in general, in years past, right? Like you can look at the data and you can kind of figure out, right. You can really, as a coach, you can look at the formulas, you know, the seeding matrix, they call it, and you can kind of have a good idea this year, at least in my mind, um, you know, I don't think you can just go straight seating matrix because nobody's wrestled each other. You know, how do you really know? And so I don't know how the committee is going to look at certain things. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, final guy there, Thomas Panola. Panola went out and got seventh, missed the auto spot. They only took six at 197 in the Big Ten, um, which turned out to be a really interesting situation. Um, but, uh, you know, Lost to two very good guys in Jacob Warner and Michael Beard, um, but uh, but took care of business when he needed to. You know that 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 seventh place match was uh, for a criteria spot. You know we got Billy Janzer from from Rutgers who he had beaten in the duel. Um, but he definitely went out and made a statement. Went out and got bonus points mm-hmm. in that seventh place match, which was uh, which was encouraging. Yeah, um, we've said this all year. Tom's going to be a handful. I'm glad he's there. You know, uh, it was unfortunate the way that it had worked out. You know, uh, we, we knew a beard is a quality opponent, right. From Penn state. So, you know, with beard, you know, again, I talk seedings here in a shortened season, he's the seven seed, right. He's the one out, outside looking in, in the top six, but you know, Penn state had sat out. He hadn't competed as much. So he deserved the seven, but he's probably in reality, you know, a, a guy like Tom who should be up in that top six. Anyway, you know, I would have put him up a little higher had he not, you know, um, sat out so much and missed a couple of duels. So deceiving, deceiving there, right? So that's why I was glad to see that Tom got rewarded for the the solid year that he had. You're being 10 and four and having some very good wins. Um, you know, him him catching the wild card was was absolutely earned. You know, I, I can say deserved, but he earned it through the course of the season too. So so they got it right there where, you know, we know some other kids who I think deserve to be in, you know, and maybe didn't quite look like they earned it on paper. Although I could, I could argue with the committee on some of that stuff. So. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going to take this next was the, uh, you know, the, the at-large seeds, the at-large bids came out yesterday, um, added Tom to the travel party. Uh, a few other guys at 197 did not get in. Uh, Matt Rablewski from Illinois, Gavin mm-hmm. Hoffman from Ohio state. Neither one of those guys get in. Um, you know, you go down to one, uh, 125, Justin Cardani from Illinois, who is without a doubt, I, I, I have zero doubt in my mind, he is one of the top 20, 125 pounders in the country, yeah. will not be going to nationals because he was three and nine on the year. But if you look, his nine losses were all the top 16 wrestlers. Yeah. So it's, and that's where I, I don't get, know what to do. Again, that's where I get frustrated because you know, when you are able to wrestle non-conference competition, okay, um, you can even things out, right? Like Cardani, I think they'd said, I saw somewhere he'd beaten Gutierrez, who's going again. 
Mm-hmm. From, from Chattanooga, he beat him last year. You look at what his non-conference record typically had been, really strong. You know, the people he was seeing at Midlands or some of these opens, mm-hmm. he, it would have balanced out. He would have had a much stronger, excuse me, stronger win percentage. He'd have had some nice uh, wins over um, other nationally ranked kids just because he'd had more opportunities. And so you, you hate to see him get dinged for a poor record. You know, and, and I think anybody in the Big Ten knows that he shows up and he wrestles hard. You know, the kid the kid shows up and he competes. So, yeah, you do. You feel bad for, for that kind of kid. And that's unfortunately where we're at um, in this pandemic. And we've discussed in the past uh, this uh, using the historical data, right, and, and what happened with certain allotments to certain conferences, you know, it, it created this situation. So there is there's some good kids staying at home. Yeah, um, luckily, it's not any of ours. Well, right. listen, we're well, still leaving good kids at home. No, you know, you're right. I, you I, I, mean? take that, I take that back, yes. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Um, I would have loved to see what Amos Sumlin could have done against some Amos Sumlin. Yeah, for sure. Yep, Amos Sumlin is a guy mm-hmm. who, you know, is a quality kid. He wrestled a very good schedule. Uh, we knew, you know, and I think Amos knew too that it wasn't going to stack up well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the pool right so i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that amel should be there right that's right. my point uh, it's more my point that you know amel last year had some very good wins you know on his non-conference schedule you know what i mean and that had gotten him ranked top 20 and i have no doubt that had he been able to wrestle again a non-conference part of the schedule he he would look uh much better um than than it did right so now for sure you know, I can't say that Dorian did not as a true freshman was not in the lineup lot this year. So he just didn't have enough opportunities anyway, you know, mm-hmm. that's right. kind of Dorian's situation, but, uh, but Amel had being a regular through all nine duels, you know, the record didn't look, didn't look good enough on paper. And we, we probably knew that. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin's Jared Cradinger was another guy from the big 10 at 174 that got left home. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Amel was not the only one to, to suffer that fate at uh, at 174, which is unfortunate. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think the other thing I'm really curious to see from the NCAA in regards to seating or, you know, the brackets and seedings when they come out is um, how much last year's data in regards to non-conference is going to be factored in. Um, because of conferences not having a non-conference schedule, um, I'm really interested to see how that looks just because, you know, it didn't seem to be taken into play with the, with the at-large spots, right? So where is it going to shake out for, for these national seedings? Because, you know, I mean, Devin Schroeder's the guy that I have in mind that, yeah. like, you know, had a bit of an up – I don't even want to say it's up and down because it's not like he lost anybody who was bad, right? Right. He lost to good kids, but, you know, he comes out with – I think he ended up 10-4 and four maybe – nine and four, somewhere around that range yeah, as far as his four. overall record. And, uh, you know, his losses are to uh, Lee, McKee, Foley, and Barnett, who are all yep. in the field. They're all good kids, you know. Yep. This is the same guy. He was the five seed a year ago. Yep. And, um, you know, has two wins over Courtney from Arizona State. Um, two wins over DiAugustino, who we didn't see this year. Oh, both the Courtney wins were bonus point wins. He's got a fall on a major. 
um, you know, he has beaten a lot of kids in the field. And so I'm really curious to see how that gets taken into account when they, they, you know, they list out one through 33. Yep. No, it's, uh, that's, I alluded to it earlier. I don't know, right. That's the scary part. I say scary. I mean, teams are going to come out and we're going to wrestle regardless, but um, that's the part you don't know. You know, you, you don't know how much are you rewarded for what you've done, you know? And if, to me, if you used historical data to reward qualifiers for this year, then absolutely the historical data should be used in, in terms of that seating and, and looked at for consistency's sake. Right. right. If that's, if that's what you've decided, then they should take that into consideration. And I get, you know, the arguments can be like, Tony, that was a year ago. I, I, okay, I get that. And most years I, you could convince me, yep. New year, nothing's the same, but you, you brought it into play, you know, in terms of how you wanted to reward qualifiers. So for the sake of consistency, um, I think you probably need to again. Well, and, and the other – It may like, hurt some of my guys at other weights, you know. Right. Good. Kind of linking together two conversations we've had. You know, you talk about records earlier and, and this. Like, sticking with 125, you know, most rankings have the top four guys are conference champs from the Big Ten, the MAC, the Pac-12, and the ACC. All four of them finished the year undefeated. Now, undefeated conference champs, great. But it, nothing against Drew Hildebrand or, or Brandon Courtney or Sam Latona. Those conferences aren't the Big Ten. It's just not no. the same. And, and while I agree with you, while I agree with you, Corey, and you know I do, right? Devil's Advocate says it's not those kids' fault. Yeah, right, right. It, it, I'm, not, I'm not stumping for anything here. It's just I'm going to be very interested to see. You know, you, you look through the rankings. There's a lot of dudes with undefeated records at every weight, three or four at virtually every weight. It's, I, think, I think they said last year there was nine undefeated kids going into the NCAAs, and this year there's 40. There, yeah, there's five <laughs> just at 125. There are five undefeated so, conference champs. In okay. The- that's and, interesting. Yeah. And I, so I think that's what I mean. Like there's, there's some, uh, some things that I have to take a hard look at here. Who have you been wrestling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, who have you been wrestling now? I will still tell all of my guys and, and we've talked about this before that you are absolutely the most prepared guys because of your conference schedule. And you did make it here. Yeah. Now there's some good kids that didn't, but you're here. We got eight here who can score for us. Right. And you are prepared because you had to battle, you know, every single night. You know, I mean, day in, day out, you just did, you know, a, a two two day tournament really tough. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah, this wasn't a one day tournament. This was this was two days of of several tough matches in a row, which is what it takes to be a national champion, which is what it takes to be an All-American. You know, you're going to have to do two, three days. So, um you know, it will absolutely and, and should pay off for, uh, you would think, for the Big Ten teams and specifically us. Yeah. Great. I, I don't envy the selection committee uh, having to seed, you know, this tournament. It, it is – what a nightmare. I, I feel for those those folks. I really do. They should but just let me do it. Happy. Just they let should, me do it. Absolutely, I'll yeah. Do it. Yes. Just give it to Tony. <laughs> let him do it. It'll be fine. Yeah. 
take 20 minutes. We're done. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, Coach, well, another thing I want – before we move on from Big Tens completely, uh, you had mentioned last Friday in our little preview show the importance of winning the first match. Um, your guys went eight and two in round one. And uh, all, all eight of the guys who won their first match qualified – for NCAA. So, so feather in your cap. Turns out you were right about that. Um, <laughs> don't Corey, don't do that. <laughs> another thing I want to point out, your guys went six and two in uh, placement matches in, in their, in their final match, you know, for placing, um, you know, it's always, it maybe doesn't make a huge difference you know, between fifth and sixth, but you won your last match to get fifth and sixth or seventh and eighth. You know, you had three guys win their final match for seventh. Like Tanner said, those three team points were, were huge. The difference between fifth and ninth was eight points uh, on the team score, which is just, it's nuts, but it's also normal. Um, yep. So, you know, you guys really came out of the gate well and, and really finished strong and, and, you know, to book in the, the, the tournament like that, I think, has to has to really make you feel good. No, I, I, I do. I feel very good because uh, you're absolutely right. My belief is, you, you know, those tournaments, um, you've got to put your foot on the line and be ready to go first match, right? Some guys will come out a little nervous or they want to feel things out, you know, and in just Big Tens, you know, there's a lot of good first round matches. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, Devin's staring down Cardani, you know, yeah. who, you know, was, who was a good kid. Right away. That's that's a first round match. There's a lot of very good for, you know, um, nine house having Tucker eight, nine. They're both ranked, you know, they're top 20, 25 kids. Right. So they're tough matches out of the gate and you don't have time to look around or kind of work into it. Right. You can't just dip your toe in the water. You got to jump in head first. So I was happy that they that they uh, they jumped in and, and, and got going. I was also glad that they closed strong. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's a saying that I talk to my guys, um, you know, it's, you know, you got to have courage from the start, right? You, you got to, you got to put your foot on the line with courage right away. You don't got time to work into this and, you know, uh, you got to win the middle and you got to fight to the finish. Right. And so I do think we, we showed up right away and we, we had courage right away and we're going to need that at NCAA's first match. Uh, we're in shape and I know we want it bad. So we'll battle, we'll fight to the finish. Uh, I think we got to win the middle. You know, I think in the middle is where our tournament got away from us. And I say that in all earnest because I feel like, you know, maybe we need to be up battling with Michigan for fourth. You know, that would have been my, more my goal. And I, and I haven't looked at all the points. You know, it's kind of not, not productive at this point, right? That might be something I do in the offseason to really dive in a little deeper. But I honestly was feeling like, Hey, you know, we, we should be up there fighting with Michigan for fourth and making that a tighter battle. And so, you know, those middle matches, Concy semis or that quarterfinal round, right? We, we went eight and one early, but the quarterfinal round was not good for us. Like those are the situations I'm talking about where we could have changed some of our fortunes in our tournament. And I know, I know all, every team is sitting at home thinking some similar things. I, I get that. Um, but just where I feel like that middle is where we lost it a little bit in terms of getting everything out of the tournament we wanted to. So uh, we got, we got to do a better, a little better job of winning the middle, you know? Um, and, and then it'll have to be that way at nationals too, right? You're going to have to show up first, first 10 seconds, establish the tempo and what's going to happen. 
Um, you're going to have to fight in the third to close a match out. It's just that middle that it's probably what I'm thinking of when I say, hey, our execution, you know, you got you got to win the middle uh, a little bit more sometimes. That's a good place to leave things, Corey. We're going to spend the next five days, uh, six days, figuring out how to win the middle. We'll be back with with the NCAA tournament special come Monday. All right, uh, guys, I'll let you get to the room, get your work in, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Boiler up.